You're listening to Video Monsters, a weekly podcast. Uh, well, uh, mostly weekly. Sometimes more, sometimes less. <sighs> All right, fine. A mostly weekly podcast of Creatures Talking Features with your hosts, Nathan Simmons and Eric Harris. Video Monsters is brought to you by the Chattanooga Film Festival and Central Cinema in Knoxville, Tennessee. Follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or online at chatfilmfest.org and centralcinema865.com. And links for each of these can also be found on our pages, so be sure to follow us at Video Monster Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Welcome to another episode of Video Monsters, where we take movies seriously, but not ourselves. I'm Nathan. And I'm Eric. <laughs> and we are obviously continuing on with our Video Marchsters series. King of the Marchsters. <laughs> King of the Marchsters. Yes, we are the Video Marchsters. <laughs> we are continuing on with our King of the Marchsters series. Where we are uh, figuring out who wins in the ultimate battle of Godzilla versus Kong. It's Godzilla. It's so obviously Godzilla. But we're not there yet. Uh, <laughs> the, the last two episodes, we narrowed down who the King of Kongs and the Gods of Zillas were. Uh, and in our next episode, we are going to have them battling each other for ultimate kaiju supremacy. Yes. This episode is a bit of a teaser for that. Uh, it's it's sort of the warm-up fight, you know? Like, if you went to Vegas for the prize fight, uh, this is the fight that's happening next door to, to get people riled up to, to go in and watch that yes. final fight. I, I love that you that you uh, never refer to it as an undercard, which is what it's actually called. Like, whatever. Because you, you know how much I actually know I keep, sports things. Well, no, it's funny, though, because I, feel, I think that, like, I've had to remind you that these are called an undercard multiple <laughs> times, and every time you, like, seem like you forget it. <laughs> like, oh, whatever it's called, the preliminary about it's not Whatever. that i forget it's that i just don't care that's 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 a fair point so this is the undercard i guess it's so dumb it's, I, it's so dumb anyway is there an overcard exactly is that like is there do they have a fight after the main event for people who are like just bored and don't feel like going home yet because they're too jazzed from the from the big fight they're like yeah i want to see some more and then they just get like two people from the audience to come out into the ring and beat the shit out of each other <laughs> that's a great that's, that's a million that's where you idea. get just the real life fight clubs is uh people <laughs> leave the fights and like what it's not a what that's yeah. the overcard. yes so over that card so <clears throat> apparently this is the undercard where <laughs> we are uh prepping for king kong versus godzilla not even king kong because uh in in case you didn't catch our last two episodes, the Kong that is advancing into the final battle is the Kong from the MonsterVerse from Skull Island. And the Godzilla is also the Godzilla from the MonsterVerse. And if you listen to the uh, to our last episode, that's not how we wanted it to be. We did not want that to be the final matchup because it felt too staged. And yeah. so not what we were going for. I, like I was, I was much much like much like a like a, a real wrestling match or like a WWE wrestling match. It it feels feels very staged. <laughs> like I I was really hoping for like you know Emmerich's Godzilla up against King Kong Escapes like that that would have been a really fun matchup. But so, 
We oh man, that could have been that would have been a great undercard. We picked the two worst Godzilla. Why didn't we think of this, Nathan? Hold on, we have to go back to the drawing board and do this. <laughs> because then it wouldn't be King Kong Escapes. Then it would be uh, Emmerich's Godzilla against the seventies Kong. Where oh, that's, so, that's very true. Yeah, that Godzilla also still wins because seventies uh, Kong is just being all horny. Uh, you know, just being seventies Kong is basically just like a balloon filled with. Um, with, uh, red food coloring like he is so <laughs> like it does not take much for him to just start exploding blood everywhere that dude that dude is very uh he's very uh what's the word i'm looking for here nathan squibbalicious squibbalicious that is absolutely perfect oh my god i'm sorry i'm so here i have to i just have to do this i i, I feel like i seem a little distracted and that's because i am because i didn't do any notes whatsoever for this i literally just finished watching one of these movies like right before we started recording and i feel like i am not sufficiently prepared for this but Good. and i'm like trying to look up things while you're talking and i'm getting distracted so you know what i'm just gonna stop all right and i'm gonna go so with the flow let's do it. stop looking things up uh right. in in this undercard battle it is going to be george from rampage up against otachi from uh pacific rim right yes. otachi that's his name or its name otachi. her name her name is it a her she's a she it is yes guillermo del toro confirmed that otachi is a she considering by the way we're gonna spoil the hell out of these movies um so just if you have not seen pacific rim or rampage go watch those movies especially rampage like i was kind of disappointed that we ended up doing rampage It, it kind of won by default because it's one of the only other giant ape movies other than like mighty joe young but this one in rampage he actually fights other monsters but um but Rampage is is a lot of fun. Like I, I'm pleasantly surprised with this movie. I think it's well worth it. So if you haven't seen Rampage, go check it out and then come back and listen to this because we're going to spoil these movies. I mean, there's not really much to spoil. They they all kind of play out the way you expect. But uh, there is one thing that could potentially be spoiled about Rampage. But yeah. also because of the nature of the film, I feel like it's not really a spoiler. But yeah. also because of how much death and destruction they show. It is kind of a spoiler. Uh, mm. So, so yeah, for for them's what cares. There will be spoilers about both Rampage and Pacific Rim, and probably just a dash of Pacific Rim Uprising. Uh, even though we are not debating one of the kaiju from that movie, it's it's still yeah, it's, it's relevant. Mm. So yeah, we're going to be pitting George from Rampage up against Otachi from Pacific Rim. But before we actually get to the fight. Uh, I want to build a little bit off of, Eric, what you were just saying with everyone needs to go watch Rampage because seriously, everyone go watch Rampage. It is a fun, fun movie. It's not great. It is a, I feel like, very self-aware movie based off of a video game that the entire plot of the video game is giant monsters destroying a city. Yeah. Like there's that that game was so dumb. It was fun, but it was dumb. Like you didn't even do anything. You, you just jumped you on a building and you punched eat. a building, and that jumped, was it. <laughs> well, and well, and the other thing too. One of my favorite things about the Rampage video games is like the way that they incorporate dis- destruction into like the normal video game elements. Like one of the best things ever is like the way that you heal your character is by eating women in red dresses. Like 
that you you have a woman in a red dress and you can grab in and, and eat her and that heals you like goofy stuff like that like so yeah making a movie wait for, wait for all of the different yo, I, I, yeah hold on yeah i've not played rampage since i was a kid i did not know that are you serious that eating yeah. a woman in a red dress is what heals you yes it is perfect so yeah the way oh, they the way they God, I love rampage that, even more now the way they incorporate that into the movie is fantastic um i used to love the rampage games when i was a kid uh and i haven't even it, it's so weird to me that they made a movie out of rampage of out of all of the like hugely popular video game franchises they're like hey we got the rights to rampage let's make a movie out of that despite the fact that there hasn't been a rampage video game in like over a decade i would say but, but really it's weird to you that in 2018 someone said hey let's make a movie about giant monsters no that that part's not weird it's just funny that like i mean i guess there's so many the way that hollywood works now is we got to slap some kind of name recognition on just about anything because that's you know we don't like original ip because it's not as safe well, a bet but at the same time I, it's weird I to me think, that rampage is is the ip they went with i think though that with rampage that it literally could have been anything else because it is just it is so it's so like cookie cutter sci-fi action movie where it's like, yeah. Oh yeah, of course there's a, an alien thing that's released in space and it's causing these giant monsters. Yeah. Okay, fine. We, we've seen that plenty. So I think that because it is so just bland that it only makes <laughs> sense to slap a rampage on it because then it's like, all right, we're going to have giant monsters destroying a city. Oh, you mean like that video game? Yes, exactly. That's what we're doing. <laughs> That's what happened in the in the boardroom meeting. They're like, that video game that I played when I was 12 years old? Oh, yes, that game. What was it called again? Rampage. Yeah. Do we do we have the rights for that? Go, Hey, John, John, go, get, go make sure we have the rights for Rampage. If make we don't those buy rights it, right now. Yeah, it's been like the last Rampage video game came out, I think, in 2006 is what it looks like. So, yeah, it's not even really been... <laughs> around i don't know that's so crazy <laughs> but here's here's the thing that i want to talk about with this <clears throat> oh they did make an arcade game for it in 2018 that you can play it like dave and busters which is funny because there's a dave and busters of course in the movie very yeah prominently. so that it of course that was a uh, a tie-in like they built that for to to go along with yeah. the movie yeah so here's the reason that i want to talk about this i had not heard great things about rampage but i didn't care you know, like it was one of those movies that ever since the first preview that I saw, I was like, you know what? This looks fun. It looks like The Rock just palling around with a giant monkey. It looks like the weirdest of buddy cop movies, and I'm <laughs> on board with it. Yeah. And like, uh, and and like people will shit all over movies like this because like, oh, well, the plot's stupid and the characters are bland and there's no development and blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, my God, I don't care. First off there are some great characters in this movie and like very over the top cartoonish characters, yeah. but it's, it's just fun. And, and maybe it's the fact that I've been binging Godzilla movies for the last month ish or so. Um, but just, just a, a fun giant monster movie. How could anyone not love that? Like you're not yeah. going into rampage. You're not going into a movie based off of a video game of giant monsters destroying a city expecting to see high cinema and oh, for sure yeah and i like i just don't get why people don't like this movie i, I can understand certain reasons 
or at least I can understand why maybe there's not a certain audience for it. You know, like I'm not going to show this to my parents. Um, yeah. Because there's a surprising amount of death and destruction in it. Yeah. It's really, it's really uh, violent for, for this kind of movie, like shockingly. So at times there's a scene where there's a body that is ripped in half with its guts spilling out in a PG 13 movie. And it's, it's really quick. Like it's, it's really quick and then like it's out of focus and stuff but still like it is there long enough for you to be like oh that is a body that was ripped in half and i went back and paused it and i'm like no they like went really detailed with with the gore effects here for this quick shot like it's crazy yeah it's like it's one of the fun it's like a fun jurassic park like it it doesn't have near the same level of spielberg spielberginess spielberginess whatever that word would be It, it doesn't have spielberg's touch but yeah, it is just a fun version of, of what you would get with that. So like, yeah. uh, you know, I was thinking about how old would my kids have to be before I watch it with them because of just how much death and destruction is in it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, by the time they're okay watching Jurassic Park, they're probably yeah. going to be okay watching this one. There's a lot more swearing in this one. Um, but, but yeah, it is, you know, around whatever that age would be. Um, yeah, I was so it's not like hesitant, a like, kids movie. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of giant monster movies with my kids lately, and I didn't watch Rampage with them, even though they've been wanting to watch it. But and mostly because I just I had to watch it for this podcast, and we didn't have time to do it to do it before then. But um, I was watching it today. I was like, "Ooh, this is actually." I don't know about this one with the kids. There's some really <laughs> violent shit in this movie, and it the is. movie is like gleeful. It, like it revels in just kicking the shit out of so many people like so many mindless goons getting eaten and thrown and trampled to the point that it's kind of excessive and i kind of like that it has a mean streak to it like way more than i would have expected um which and i also like too because so many of these big giant monster movies play it so safe and they're like always like oh we got to make sure the audience knows that every single human being in this entire city was evacuated in 10 minutes they they do that pacific rim uprising they very specifically say all right, everyone in the city has been cleared in the matter of it's, minutes. It's a total so reaction you're good to, to go. Man of Steel. I and think. it's just, ah, uh, yeah. And this movie is like, no, there are lots of people and there are lots of people being murdered and not all of them are bad people. Like, they're innocent people being murdered and eaten and we're going to show show you them being murdered and eaten. It's it's wild. Yep. It's a very hard PG-13. Yeah, it's uh, mm. like if they had tried to go R with it, I don't think that that would have worked because then it would have felt like they were trying to be too gritty and I feel like it would have lost some of the fun. But, but yeah, where it is like a, a good hard PG 13 of there's lots of swearing They're They're right on the cusp of throwing in their one allowable. But I think that they probably used up all of their other like swear cards. You you know, (laughs) you could, you can have one, put you can have one in a PG 13. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that it's also like dependent on how much else you swear. And I think that they used it all up with shit. Uh, and so they're <laughs> like, well, yeah, the, the shit jokes are funnier. Let's keep those in. Uh, so <laughs> there's, they, so yeah, yeah, there's a lot of shit. It's, um, but, but the but movie it, but itself it's, it's is so not much shit. Fun. Like, listen, Nathan, I have, I have a controversial opinion mm. and my controversial opinion is that I will watch rampage over Pacific rim any day of the week. That I know is people, not controversial. I know people really love Pacific Rim, 
But I have some issues with Pacific Rim that I just can't get over. And we'll get into that in a minute. But the first, the thing I want to mention with Rampage is this is a really spectacularly stupid movie. <laughs> but what's great about Rampage is that it is 100% aware, of, uh, 100% aware of how stupid it is. And it is constantly commenting on it. Like Jeffrey Dean Morgan in this movie is amazing <laughs> he is so funny and weird he's like he's like sort of an antagonist but sort of working with the rock and he's got it, like he's like an asshole but he's also super polite about being an asshole and he's constantly like talking like basically just pointing out how ridiculous the movie he's in is while it is happening like there is a hold on i have to look the way it up. that he wears his gun with like that <clears throat> that oh, yeah. handle just so obviously like could you be any more phallic with it yeah well there's <laughs> at, there's a the, my favorite thing like him and the rock too every single time something ridiculous happens in the movie they're like oh come on are you kidding me like there's no way this could happen like one of my favorite moments of the movie is there's a scene where jeffrey dean morgan is at the bottom of like this gigantic skyscraper and he's trying to arrest one of the bad guy people who was originally on the roof and he meets him in the lobby of the thing. And he goes, did you just run down 80 flights of stairs? <laughs> like, again, like it's one of those things where it's like the audience is aware of how ridiculous that is. And so are the characters in the movie. And I love it. Like I get why some people wouldn't like that because it's like, Oh, you're just calling out obvious stuff, but it's like, no, it is putting the characters in the movie on a level playing field with the audience. Like, we are all aware that this is dumb and we're just here to have fun. Like that's, I, I, I appreciate right, that like so much more. The, the than, evil corporation is so cartoonishly evil. Corporation oh my God. Yeah. But then they throw in just little snippets of, you know what? That's funny. If you were trying to do this in a serious movie, mm. I, I would be so mad, but it's funny that the buffoonish, like uh, kind of second in charge guy always has something to eat and like at one yeah. point he's eating a pop tart like wrapped in a towel <laughs> and it's just the, the pop tart is wrapped in the towel not him but it's just like are, are, I, i'm sorry are you trying to be classy while eating a pop tart what is happening oh man it's so much fun the uh yeah, there's I, a I, scene I don't where know if <laughs> jeffrey dean morgan gets knocked out and uh, while he's knocked out, the rock he's in. They're in a plane uh, that is crashing, and the rock saves him by putting a a, a, a parachute, parachute on him. And then they fall out of the plane, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan wakes up in in the middle of the air, and he's like, "Holy shit, what is going on?" <laughs> like it's just so. I don't know. It's just the way that he reacts feels so genuine. Like I could not believe I'm in this movie. This is absolutely ridiculous and dumb. Well. It's, it's funny that you mentioned uh, the sort of, I can't believe that I'm in this movie. Brian Salisbury, in his review of Rampage on Letterboxd, said, Jeffrey Dean Morgan so obviously walked in from a different movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I want to see what that movie is. And it's oh, like, yeah. you know what? So do I. But also, he works. Like, it. it's, it's hard to describe this movie in terms of like actual quality because again it's just fun and and that's the main reason that uh that i wanted to talk about this i feel like people have forgotten how to have fun watching movies yeah you know like uh when i was watching or, or, Rampage, or at the very least to manage their expectations like it would be it's weird to me to go into a movie like rampage expecting something i don't know i i like i would just go into this movie expecting mindless fun and i got that and it's it's dumb but it's also like 
so self-aware that it's that it kind of circles back around to being smart in a way you know like it's yeah it's surprisingly kind of it feels very subversive because so many big action movies are so self-serious and their idea of like fun is i'm going to throw a one-liner in here and joke like it's the marvel formula we're going to throw funny one-liners that we can turn into memes and this movie isn't really doing that like the humor is actually rooted in the situation a lot more i think and i i legitimately laughed out loud several times during rampage and yeah, i did um, too like i i've i had more visceral visceral reactions to things happening in this movie than than i did in anything in pacific rim it took me three days to get through pacific rim because i just kept getting <laughs> like bored with it i have to admit well like, what we'll get to pacific rim in just one second uh yeah. there's one more thing that i want to say about rampage I was watching Rampage, and I was I was texting you and Dan Fleming, who had been uh, on the podcast a few times before, and he's going to be joining us uh, again, hopefully in our next episode for Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, but I was texting the two of you, and Dan was watching the Justice League Snyder Cut. Yeah. And I was watching Rampage. And when you said that the Snyder Cut was four hours long... I was like, oh my God, I would rather immediately rewatch Rampage twice than to watch the Snyder Cut. And I'm sure I'll get around to it eventually, but just like ugh, a four hour superhero movie, especially a four hour Snyder superhero movie, just it feels like it would be such a slog. And, and maybe it's a good movie. I've not seen it yet. I don't know. I don't really care. Again, I'm sure I'll watch it eventually. But mm. the thought of a four hour movie is just ugh. And when you started Rampage, you were like, oh, thank God, this movie's less than 90 minutes. And and that is exactly what it is. Yeah. It is a big summer, lightweight popcorn movie of, you know what? Here's 90 minutes. You know, like, it's not going to take up too much of your time. It's it, it's just a fun little jaunt down memory lane with a giant albino gorilla just fighting yeah. a flying wolf. It, it's so much fun. Yeah, I mean, it gives you just it gives you everything that you want out of this kind of movie. That's that's for me. That's 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 all I wanted. I mean, you know what I mean? Like I didn't. And and that leads us into Pacific Rim. Yeah. So I had seen Pacific Rim before and I liked it. You know, I, I didn't love it. I liked it. I loved uh, Del Toro and I want to love Pacific Rim. I really, really want to love that movie. I like that movie. There's a major flaw, though. That yeah. flaw is they don't follow uh, Mako as the main character. Yeah. It should be her story. That one change alone would make it practically a perfect movie. As it is, you're following Freddy McDouchepants, and he's just so he's just so bland. And and you know I, I've not seen enough of what that actor has been in, so I don't uh, know necessarily how good of uh, an actor he actually you mean is. Charlie Hunnam. Sure, I, I don't yeah. care. But just in the movie, he's just so like, yeah, he's he's there. I mean, he's a fine everyman, I guess, in terms of being that he's, blank canvas that you can put yourself onto. Kind of like how in Star Wars, everyone loves Han Solo. Like everyone wants to be Han Solo because he's a bad boy and he actually mm -hmm. has character. And, you know, like he is an interesting person. Luke is bland. Like there aren't that many people 
who want to be Luke, aside from the whole you get to be a Jedi thing. Yeah. But like there's tons of movies that do that where the main character is so bland on purpose so that it's easier for the audience to put themselves into that character. Yeah. I'm with and, you. Like, I, I could see that, I guess, but it's it just doesn't feel quite del Toro-y enough to have it be... Uh, yeah, I think the, the biggest issue... I, I feel exactly the same way you do about Pacific Rim. I, I probably am even more critical of it than you are, which... And part of it, like, the first time I watched it and I didn't really like it, I was like, okay, well... I think my expectations were too high because it's a del Toro right. movie. So I was like, this is going to be a great movie. I was super excited about it. Um, and then, so I was really excited to, for this rewatch because I was like, okay, cool. I, I've had some time. I you know I didn't really like it a whole lot this first that first time. Can manage your expectations on, a little bit better. Yeah, exactly. And on the second watch, I was like, no, I just, I this movie and I are not drift compatible. I mean, we just <laughs> right. aren't. I and and I I think the biggest issue I agree I think it's Charlie Hunnam and I love Charlie Hunnam as an actor I think he's great like I sat through every episode of Sons of Anarchy and he's fan- fantastic in that show like I think that he is a very good actor but I think that he is extremely miscast in Pacific Rim and and I like that you brought up the Star Wars thing because they t- try to make him both Han Solo and Luke Skywalker. Right. Like he definitely like he's the kind of guy who is extremely good at stand like leaning against like walking into a room and crossing his arms and leaning against the doorway and looking cool. And like walking into a room with his hands up on his belt like a gunslinger. He's got that swagger to him. And it's like, yeah, I want to be this guy. Yep. But also, I don't give a shit about him because this is the world itself is so it's populated with so many interesting ideas and so many more interesting characters that it's so many more interesting characters. Literally everyone else is interesting. I would literally take a movie about any single other human being in this movie than Charlie Hunnam, except for the uh, except for the mean guy douchey version oh yeah of yeah him. he's yeah no he, he's, he's actually, like the he only worst character but his dad is really cool his dad's so cool and yeah herc yeah Erdus, he's awesome Ed, idris elba i always mispronounce his name Id, idris idris i, I think idris, it's idris, idris elba anyways Dude, Luther. idris elba is is too good for this movie he is a he's fucking phenomenal he makes everything like it's so weird because one of my biggest issues with the movie is how like seriously everything is taken you know as opposed to something like rampage which is very knowingly dumb right i don't think that everybody in pacific rim is on the same page with how like over the top and goofy this movie is especially charlie hunnam like he thinks he is in a very serious action drama thriller kind of thing well and i think Um, that that's where one of the issues is i don't know if this is supposed to be an over-the-top, goofy, giant, monster-fighting, giant robot, or if this is supposed to be a very serious, like, action drama that has a lot of emotional yeah. weight. I, it, it, it has a hard time finding the balance between those two. It, it's almost that Guillermo del Toro is too good of a filmmaker. And, and I hate to say that because, like, I don't want to, like... I feel like it makes me sound like these pretentious people that we are kind of talking about, you know, like oh, this is just a dumb movie and you can't make it serious. I'm not saying that you can't make this serious. I just don't think that the movie strikes the right balance in tone because so many of the other characters are... are Like, Charlie Day's character is God, very over the top. Ron Perlman's character is super 
cartoony and over the top and the so, way that they they just don't mix very well together I, I other than Idris theory. Elba he still he plays it seriously and nails it and makes it work because he's brilliant but so so uh, <clears throat> one quick complaint and then I have a theory so one of my complaints about them not following Mako as the main character and why uh, Charlie Hunnan Hunan, whatever his name is uh, I really should learn people's names before I talk about them on a podcast Charlie Hunnan. one of the reason that he is just so just like oh there is one scene in particular that I think bugged me way more this time than it did the first time. It is like right after, um, right after the main character. What's what's the character's name? Is it Jake? Raleigh. I feel like it's Jake. Raleigh. No, it's not. That's right. Jake is the character. Riley. Riley. character in. Uh, in the <laughs> right, because I'm thinking sequel. about the better movie. So uh, Raleigh, he and Mako had just finished their fight. And she made it very clear that she could hold her own and mm. definitely kick his ass. And, like, the only reason that she wouldn't is if she's holding back. Like, they make it exceedingly clear that she is probably one of the best fighters there. Mm. And then instantly, the next scene, you've got Douchey McDouchepants, not to be confused with Friday McDouchepants, uh, <laughs> like, insulting Riley and uh, Mako, or Mako, Mako? Mako. They they always and say Mako in the movie. Is it Mako? Okay. Which I always thought it was Mako, but throughout the movie, Charlie Hunnam is constantly shouting her name, Mako. Maybe he mispronounces it. But, I don't know. Yeah, I don't Anyways, know, yeah. other dude calls her a bitch, and then Raleigh. God, that's such a. I don't like that name. Anyways, I love all uh, the names in this movie. It's one of my favorite <laughs> things because they're all so ridiculous. It, it reminds me of the better movie it could have been. So, anyways, after uh, other dude calls Mako a bitch, Charlie Hunnam like starts beating him up. It's like you apologize to her, and it just it feels. And and maybe it's just because of watching it in 2021, and so like there's a different mindset now. Um, but it feels so. It's like Charlie is mansplaining how to fight. For oh her. no, absolutely! I have the exact same it, issue. Like when, like they have the they make it very clear how capable Mako is early on. Where it's like after she beats him in the fight, she's like, "I have 51 combat drops and 51 confirmed kills." Then when they get in the, when they first drift together, first of all, it doesn't make any sense that they have to speak out loud to one another when they're drifting because they're in each other's head. That doesn't make any sense to me. There's lots of things that that. don't make sense. But my biggest issue is that when they first do it, he is constantly telling her what to do and explaining how the drift, he is literally mansplaining things when they're together (laughs) in gypsy danger, like in the robot that he is constantly telling her what to do and she barely speaks like it really bugs me and it especially bugs me too that like this movie is full of so many so much diversity like the whole premise of the movie is that because of these monsters every single country has come together to build these jaegers which ha that would never happen but i like i like the i like the uh we we are literally dealing with a situation where there is a global threat and america can't get its shit together so i I like the optimism of it but but still but like it's it's such a diverse cast like you have so many people from so many different places and and it's such a hollywood thing to do to make a big movie with such a diverse cast and then put the blandest widest 
dude bro as the main character. And again, no disrespect to Charlie Hunnam because I like that guy a lot. And he looks good with his shirt off, which is, you know, that's, that's you know, whatever. Right. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but yeah, like it just bugs me that of all these people, we focus on the most boring character who is literally just good at everything. Yeah. But and, is haunted by the fact that his brother died. And it's, and it's, it's I the wonder most bland how much kind of, that, of human drama. I wonder how much of that is um, is a fault of the writing. And how much of that is a fault of studio interference? Yeah. Because I could see it being that uh, Pacific Rim actually was following Mako's character. Because, like, th- there's a cracked video that I sent you that it, it just perfectly explains how I feel about this movie of get rid of that opening exposition where you have Charlie describing the monster attacks and you just yeah. start with Mako in her monster attack like that is the opening scene and then you follow yeah. her as she is you know the the strength of the movie both physically and emotionally it, it makes it a much stronger film mm-hmm. and i wonder if that's the film that that del toro tried to make but there was studio interference or i wonder if because it's not fully written by him it almost I feels like if, it because the whole movie else maybe infuse different ideas i I don't know every character in the movie is constantly trying to push mako into the background and and you know maybe that's just like trying to show you like oh we tried to make her the main character but this is what was actually happening to her (laughs) in real life maybe maybe that's what it is the only character that it actually makes sense uh is idris elba like the way that he pushes her back because he is being like so protective of just like I like to me when he is pushing her aside, it's showing some of his emotional weakness. So oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm okay when he does it, and that's that's compelling. That's why that should be the the crux of the movie. Right. That should be the focus instead of you know this this guy who is he's he's just such a typical like I'm a construction worker dude because I had a bad thing happen to me and then he doesn't ever grow or change or anything like no. there's just nothing that interesting that ever happens to him it's such a bummer man because this movie is so everything else about this what? movie i'm totally on its wavelength and think it's awesome and guillermo del toro just makes everything feel so grounded and real and populates and, this world with it is so many beautifully like yeah, the, absolutely the, the movie draws me in i i do think that i enjoyed it more this time because it does draw me in not the characters but like the fights and the world and everything that's happening and the fact that it does feel kind of bleak and you know like Mm. even uh like when they're working on the the yeagers you know it feels like they're in sort of a worn down submarine and you know like it doesn't feel fresh and shiny it feels Mm. like a lived in world absolutely yeah and and i really dug it like it brought me in but i do wonder if one of the faults of the movie or not faults, one of the, I wonder if one of the things that I just can't get past with this movie is the fact that del Toro is tied to it. Like if he uh, yeah. produced it, I don't think that I would have had as many issues with it. Cause I would have been like, well, it's not a del Toro film. You know, he, he loves giant monsters. So yeah, it makes sense. It's, it's a fine movie. It's fine. But the fact that like Del Toro directed it and like it it feels like it should be a much heavier mm. film than it is, I wonder if Del Toro like just wanted to make a giant robot fighting giant monster movie. Yeah. And like was trying to get away from 
it's something that was so emotionally draining and just wanted to have fun. I, but if people can't separate him from his style. And I wonder I, that too. I think that there's some of that going on. I think that the the biggest issue is that there's some of that and, it, and there's an expectation thing going on there. But Guillermo del Toro is the kind of filmmaker who literally thinks through every single tiny little detail. I mean, I guarantee you that he wanted to make sure that every aspect of these Jaegers was fully functional. And he's very like James Cameron-esque in that way in terms of the way that <laughs> Except he, he's a good director. Uh, James Cameron, well, but like, but like, for example, no, del Toro. For example, the there is a whole subplot with Charlie Hunnam going to find a kaiju brain by going into no, like Charlie this, Day. Charlie, oh yeah, my bad. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, Charlie Day Charlie going to Day. find a kaiju brain, and it, like it's so cool to me that there's this whole like this movie hints at this whole other like black market economy where these people are harvesting kaiju organs and they're selling them to people. There's like all this background information about like how there are riots happening all over the world because they don't trust their government because the government is, and this is so much more topical now than it was in 2013, trying to build a wall to keep the kaiju out trying to build Um, a wall that doesn't work and then and the wall doesn't work yeah like there's so many cool little like side things happening in this movie that really fill out this world and make it believable and it's awesome and like i it's it's the it's the case where the movie things that are happening in the background of the movie are so interesting and so cool and the movie is so good in other places that it in the back the movie is so good in the background that it makes the stuff that is being presented to you feel even worse because it's like I had either all these other avenues you could have taken with this story and you instead focus on the most like rote generic part of it even yeah. like the 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 whole idea of drifting with someone where you are syncing your brains up and you can read each other's thoughts like that's a super cool sci-fi idea that is just a in service of plot here like they don't get yeah, into any because, kind like, of emotion with it yeah, at all. Like, it's th- just, they don't get into how that then impacts them after the fact or... It, yeah, there's it, no they relationship. Been, <clears throat> right, it yeah. could have been a much, much deeper movie. But that brings us to Pacific Rim Uprising. And if you're still with us, don't worry. We haven't forgotten that the point of this episode is talking about <laughs> giant monsters fighting each other. We're getting there. It's just... We, we just finished watching some of these movies... Uh, some of them for the first time and again with rampage and with pacific rim uprising especially after watching them and then looking at some of the reviews where people were just trashing these movies mm-hmm. i was like why don't people know how to have fun i feel pacific like everyone rim uprising I, was, I feel like everyone listening to this is like who gives a shit there's a scene in this movie where a robot hits a <laughs> a dino dinosaur thing with a an oil tanker like fuck off yeah, but that scene is awesome with the giant, gi- uh, giant kaiju. Uh, wa- sorry, not kaiju. Giant Jaeger walking down the street like he's one of the warriors. You know, like I oh, kept, so kept awesome, expecting yeah. him to be like, "Oh, kaiju, come out and play." <laughs> Anywho, that's so cool. Pacific Rim Uprising, not as good of a movie, and so so predictable. Like there, there's kind of a misdirect, but it's also like, eh. All right. It's it's much shinier. It feels yeah. like it's kind of a different world that these people are living in. There is a different level of humor. It does not feel like it's really a part of the same universe that Del Toro mm. created in Pacific Rim. And also, I had more fun with it. Like mm-hmm. b- because I had lower expectations 
because it's not directed by Dotoro, like because mm-hmm. it doesn't have some of that same weight behind it, and also because John Boyega is just the greatest. Yeah. That's what I was about like, to say. I watched the first like 10 minutes of this movie and I, I immediately like at from the very beginning, like it's, it's very clear that this is a movie directed by a guy who's used to working in TV. Like it's the exposition is a lot clunkier. It moves really fast. It doesn't have nearly the same kind of style as yeah. Del Toro. I mean, it's very immediately apparent, but it also hooked me so much quicker because I'm like, Oh, John Boyega has so much more charisma than Charlie Hunnam. Yeah. At least in well, the type of and, role that he's playing. Like immediately, and, I'm like, oh, John Boyega is cool. I want to know more about him and spend time with him yeah. and be friends with him. And they also, uh, like, again, spoilers. It's basically the exact same plot of someone that he loved died. And so he just kind of went away and uh, wasn't part of the Jaeger program anymore. But it's so much more interesting, not only because he is playing the part of Idris Elba's son, but also... Rather than Charlie Hunnam in the first one where he's like, I'm sad because my brother died, so I'm going to go be a construction worker, and I'm sad, and I just need rations because – and like, they, oh, God, they make it so much darker in the first one where the construction dude is like, all right, bad news. Three people fell off the wall and died. Good news. I got three <laughs> positions at the top of the wall. Yeah. Like, it's so bleak. And then in Uprising, they start off with Boyega essentially being a squatter party boy where like he's living in a a mansion next to a kaiju skeleton that's so cool and it's again it doesn't feel the same but it has a little bit it has a lot more fun and there's just a lot more personality it might be dumber personality it might not uh, carry nearly the same weight but again it's fun I understand why people would watch it and be like, this one's not as good. Yeah. And I think I, I mean, had fun even with it. And when my kids are old enough to watch it, I could totally see them just like getting up and cheering at the final battle because it's awesome. And I don't care what people yeah. say. It is a fun giant monster movie. It's not as good as Del Toro's, but I had more fun with it. So well, even the emotional arc of of this movie. Again, I've, I only watched the very beginning of it, but right from the beginning, just the idea that this is a a movie that is about someone who doesn't really care about the situation. He's just a party boy, and he's getting by like by uh, scrapping uh, or scavenging Jaeger parts and stuff. Like, and but but just knowing that he is Idris Elba's son and that he is like having to live in the shadow of his father, who is by all rights awesome yeah and like trying to live up to that legacy and but also not wanting to i don't know that that is just such an immediately more compelling arc to me than i am a guy who is the only person who ever piloted a jaeger by myself which i I don't understand the stakes there like i don't understand like i mean i get like i failed and my brother died and now i have a chance to maybe redeem myself but like you only see his brother for the first few minutes of the movie and you don't really get a sense of their relationship. It's I don't know. This just it just does not work for me at all. Yeah, yeah. Sad. Uprising again, not nearly as good, but so much more fun. And I think it's because it leans a little bit more into the eh. Here's a dumb plot of giant monsters and giant robots and evil corporations. And and again, like with these this sort of uh, big summer popcorn movies, that's exactly what you're there for: the giant monster fights. Which yeah. brings us 45 Two minutes giant into this fights? episode 
to the point of this episode, a giant monster fight. So yes. now that we have gotten through all of the exposition and have lost everyone, man, we're more exposition heavy than I had a joke, but I'm just going to leave it where it is. Uh, now that we've gotten through all of that and discussed some of our thoughts about why people just need to get their heads out of their butts and just enjoy movies. They are entertainment. We've also talked about how cinema can be very high art, but sometimes it's just entertainment. It's just fun. Anywho, George from Rampage he, versus yeah. Atachi from yes. Pacific Rim. Or, as we are calling this episode, Pacific Rampage! Dum, dum, dum. Or, you know, like, I could really bring them together and be Pacific Rampage, but... Uh, that's, 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 uh, that, that, cost, that costs a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> you have to pay extra for that. D- do I? <clears throat> okay. Yes. So, the, the, the rumble in the uh, urban jungle... Because both of these take place in giant cities. Yeah. Pacific um, Rampage. George versus Otachi. Yes. I hate that. Me too. I, you just hate. Period. <laughs> I just hate. <laughs> this is this is a minor quibble. I, I really it really bugs me that all of the fights in Pacific Rim are like impossible to decipher what's going on because they're always in the rain and shit like i want to see but i love that in rampage you can actually see george that was that was gonna be my first point as i was gonna be like george looks awesome because i can actually see the damn thing i can Pacific see this monkey is a he very fights moist in daylight. Movie. like i keep trying to think about otachi and I, I like i remember that otachi is a very cool creature like there's a lot of cool design elements anatomically it's fascinating but even in my head, I cannot quite picture what Otachi looks like. I have to pull up a picture of it because so much of it is done in kind of close up and it's raining and storming and all this stuff. Like, I don't know. It's super weird. I just don't know how to fight if it's not raining. Apparently. Like, I, I don't think that there is a single fight in that movie that doesn't take place in the rain. Is it's there? Kind of like with, no. Well, either in the rain or completely underwater. Right. Which, which, I mean, honestly, that underwater fight is kind of cool, especially when the bomb goes off and all the water disappears for a second and then the fish fall out and then like the wave comes back in that's super that's awesome anyway um (laughs) so So, yes point number one you can see george so it's much easier to see uh some of his fighting skills and you can empathize with him like i i don't i don't know if this really helps him in battle in any way but I'm just going to go ahead and say that i'm already rooting for george to win in this case because i love like he he has emotion right um and and he has language and when he's fighting he's all souped up on giant uh crispr technology that makes him super powered and (laughs) just rage fueled and yeah. yeah he's he is a uh he's a he he's a sympathetic monster um, whereas the it's it's kind of fascinating in Pacific Rim because these are kaiju who are not really sympathetic. Like they are literally trying to take the Earth back in some way. I don't remember all the all the lore here. They're, they're, they're interdimensional. From, and, yeah, they're interdimensional aliens that are trying to come through and take over the world, but also not take over the world. Question mark? And they're like they're also like sort of clones, but they can also give birth. But but it, it feels like the kaiju are actually being sent, like being genetically created or cloned or whatever, to be sent to take over the world, the Earth, for some other like 
all-knowing the, race of creatures in some way. I don't know the if they kaiju, get into that more in Uprising. The kaiju are basically um, biological versions of the Jaegers, which again, like yeah. that's a really cool idea in the movie mm-hmm. that you've got people inside of these giant monsters controlling them where the giant monsters themselves, like they have a main brain and a secondary brain. And like the site, like there's all of this other stuff where they essentially are also just sort of like a hive mind to a certain extent. Yeah. Like they're little monsters inside of giant monsters. Um, (laughs) It's, in one case, sometimes. literally. Dude, yes. I love that the little baby that comes out of Otachi has googly eyes like Godzilla and Shin Godzilla. <laughs> so funny. I love that Otachi was pregnant because it also follows the Emmerich Godzilla storyline of having a pregnant <laughs> Godzilla. I had a so, feeling you were going to bring this up, bring that up. Yep. So part of the reason that we went with uh, George, as Eric mentioned towards the beginning of this, there's not that many giant monkey monster movies that aren't uh, very specifically King Kong and with Pacific Ram, like it's so obviously inspired by Godzilla. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the reason specifically that we chose Otachi it first off, it kind of feels like the most Godzilla esque of all of them. And also when it comes through the rift, uh, it it comes through with leatherback, which first off uh, just sounds like it's a Ninja turtle uh, villain. (laughs) But Leatherback is the most um, monkey-like of all of the uh, of all of the kaiju. Like it's one of the few that doesn't yeah. feel like it's just it, another giant lizard. It's got to be a play on like silverback gorillas, I would say. Um, yeah, that that was kind of what I was thinking, and it definitely hops around like Kong. So I like the idea of it's like Godzilla and Kong teaming up to fight the Jaegers in Hong Kong. <laughs> it's, it's like Nega Kong, where he turns evil and joins up with the Godzilla to, st- to destroy the city. Yeah, it's like Mechanicong, except for it's a kaiju. Right. It's a, it's an actual organic creature, not a robot. Um, but yeah, and also, like, I think the thing that really sold me on this one was, for one thing, this is the only... These two are the only kaiju who really get an extended fight. Like, I, initially, I assumed that we were going to go with whatever that category fi- category five kaiju was at the very end. I, I looked up the name. I, it's Slattern or something, I think. Because it's the matter. biggest that there was, and it's awesome. But, like, you don't really see it fight for very long. It kind of just gets blown up almost immediately. Yeah. But um, this fight scene in the Hong Kong space is really cool. The creature is kind of reptilian to a certain extent, and it also spits acid, which is kind of similar to the atomic breath. It's the only monster that has some kind of, like, projectile feature like projectile feature of any yeah, kind one I think, of the other so. ones like it, it emitted an emp or something but, oh yeah yeah, but yeah right. um otachi was the closest analog to godzilla mm-hmm. um all right so i i have my decision very firmly in hand eric who do you think let's first let's talk about who is going to win and then okay. we'll go through our reasoning as to why so who do you think is going to win in the fight of George versus Otachi? Um, I got to go with George. I, I've got to stick with my King Kong roots, my Simeon roots here, and say that George is going to beat the shit out of Otachi. While I do love disagreeing with you, um, I am 100% on board. George oh, really? absolutely oh, cool. right. wins. You're going to love my reason why. So I'm ready. Eric, yeah, you've been teasing why, this. <laughs> why does George win for you? Well, I I think that George is extremely durable 
for what he is like he he really takes a beating well like they even Rampage. say that he has like that super healing power like he, he has, has a healing power yeah because yeah. of some creature that he has the dna of now or whatever first okay one quick aside i know i keep this is all asides why doesn't george get extra special powers like the other two monsters in rampage like the crocodile basically turns into an ankylosaurus and then the wolf can like shoot spines out of its back and and it yeah, can the glide wolf is and shit. mixed with porcupines so so they but make George it clear ish nothing in terms, extra. but he does so here's the thing i mean they yeah, I they make it clear that they crispered all of these different genes together and so uh essentially they are the indominus rexes of this universe where mm. it's a bunch of different genes all brought together to make this mega monster so uh, there apparently were just three different serums that each of them got because they fell from space because we're back in the 80s, apparently. <laughs> and so it, it just so happens that the wolf got some of the uh, got the one that had mammal, 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 yes, <laughs> mammal. <clears throat> we're from the south. Have I mentioned that recently? The wolf is the one that just magically got the mammalian genes in terms of having the flying squirrel and the uh, the porcupine. Okay, quills. so they all have different genes, right? Okay, it, it wasn't like a single. Uh, it wasn't a single uh, gene that was just in three different vials. Like these were gotcha. three different types. Each samples were different. Okay, that makes sense. Right. I, so I had this movie on in the background while I was working, so I I tuned out some of the expositiony stuff. Because it doesn't matter. Well, so it, it doesn't matter at all. I so th- whatever was in the wolf's one, obviously it had some porcupine stuff. It obviously had some flying squirrel. They all had some level of super growth and super speed. Um, the yeah, the uh, the crocodile had warthog and something else. I forget what all was in his. So the one that George, uh, like that that doctor lady, she says some of the specific things, mm-hmm. but apparently okay. all of the stuff that he got was more of just like internal stuff in terms of making him smarter and faster and stronger okay. and healing powers. And it doesn't matter also is, is mm-hmm. what it is. Um, at the end of the day, it's they needed the, the hero to remain or the quote unquote hero, they needed the empathetic creature to remain the most similar to what you were exposed to when you first met him. Oh, of course. And they yeah. need the two other monsters to be as monstrous as possible. Yeah. That they, they, they did a movie is what they did. So. They, they, because, because this is, I, I, I freely admit I stole this from a, from an episode of junk food cinema. Um, but one of their excuses for like why things happen is because movie yeah so they, they movied the movie out of this uh yes. they, they movied the shit out of this movie is what happened <laughs> and and uh, movied a whole lot of shit in this movie in terms of they, the, the they actual so word shit man i <laughs> that, that movie I just, is constantly I, I people can't just stop being picturing like, oh, jeffrey shit. dean morgan just posing the, the entire movie <laughs> it's like he's just waiting for his catalog shoot oh yeah oh yeah I absolutely <laughs> He's got he's got his gun. His gun holster is like in the very front of his of his body instead of like on the side like a normal human being and it's like so it's like all pearly and stuff. It's it's very uh, ornate. It's it's very phallic is what it is. I also I love he's like the, the Ron Perlman character. Man, I love Pacific the comedy Rim. and Rampage. Like it's it 
it might not be the funniest line, but I love it when uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan calls The Rock to let him know that the mother of all bombs is on its way and it's going to destroy Chicago in a matter of like 10 minutes. And The Rock's response is, I'm never taking your call again. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. I just love the characters. It's so much fun. I love love whenever he finds out that Ralph can fly and he's like, of course it can fly. Of course. (laughs) Of course. Of course it's a flag wolf. Of course it is because I'm in a dumb movie. I Uh, I I honest to God might rewatch Rampage before we get to our Godzilla versus Kong episode. I mean, I still have like 20 more Godzilla movies that I need to watch. I know. I'm probably going to watch it with the kids at some point. But but anyway, not what we're talking about. So not what we're talking about. The Uh, I think the other thing with George is he lit the 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 alligator creature, which I guess is supposed to represent Lizzie. Lizzie is the name in the uh, in the video game. Um the the rep the alligator creature is kind of similar to otachi in a lot of ways it has like that tail with spikes on it or whatever where and the uh otachi has a tail that it uses as a weapon um you know they're both the, kind the of alligator reptilian. is monstrous even compared to george like the yeah. uh, the wolf was about the same it's size huge ralph. Yeah. ralph was about the same size as george <clears throat> but lizzie is like five of them Mm-hmm. It's yeah, like she is just enormous, even in compared to uh, giant monsters. Yeah. So yeah, George is going up against uh, essentially Godzilla, and mm. survives. Spoilers. George is super oh, smart. My God, Nathan. <laughs> can I tell you? Can I? T- God damn it! All right, we're gonna we're just gonna talk about Rampage this whole time. Apparently, can I? I just have That's to say so this are. because. The very end of this movie when George dies, I was like, okay, well, obviously he's not dead. I was like, I, okay, I, I can't, was sad. I was, I was sad. I, I, was, I, mean, I, was, I was legit sad. I was legitimately sad. It it's it's they, very sad. Well, and, and they killed enough people throughout the movie that it's like, yes, of course George has to die because it's a giant monster. What are you going to do with put, a giant monster in this world? They put of him course. down even anyway because like in real life, if a bear escapes and kills people or whatever, we put it down instead of putting it back in its natural habitat oh so yeah they quick, kill quick but, side note quick side note that okay. is actually relevant to all of our discussions okay my great uncle or great great uncle forget which one shot king kong i am not shitting you interesting okay go on the the gorilla that played king kong in, in one of them I, I don't remember which one i don't think it was the original but one of the versions of kong the gorilla escaped from its enclosure uh, and and one of my relatives back in whenever it was, was the one that shot him. Are you serious? So I've been told if if all of my family has been lying <laughs> to me about this ever since I was a kid, then I have no way of knowing. Uh, my, my dad said that he has the newspaper clipping somewhere, but yeah, that's fascinating. So, so there is a family lore that... Uh, that my family killed king kong nice um well uh first of all can are you can you tell him to go f- himself <laughs> no um but he was just following orders it's okay yeah, you know. i have something else that i'll say for a godzilla episode okay, okay. um so what were we talking um, about we're talking about oh, george okay george george's death 
when it happened i was really sad and i was like okay but obviously they're not gonna let george die you know if it was if it was king kong they'd let him die or whatever but movies aren't that bold anymore so i was like okay i'm curious to see how they bring him back to life and the way they do it made me laugh hysterically <laughs> because it was so, so unexpected good. and so funny. Like I, it was to the point where like I was kind of annoyed that, that they made it look like he was dead because I was like, Oh, this is pointless drama. And the fact that his death was actually him pretending to be dead to play a joke on the rock <laughs> is fucking so hilarious. It is so funny to me. <laughs> so I good. love that so much because again, it's one of those things where the movie is so self-aware. It's like, we know that the audience knows that he's not really dead, so we are having fun with it. Oh my god, it's it's so great! I love it. Um, Rampage yeah, again, is a great movie, man. Brian, if you are listening to this, uh, <clears throat> if you've not covered Rampage on Junk Food Cinema, why not? I want to hear. Um, uh, oh, I'd love to hear it. I, yeah, I want to hear you and Cargill just go to town on this movie because I that would be a lot of fun. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but but that's also that kind of also goes to goes those are points in his favor in terms of him fighting against Otachi here because George is clearly extremely intelligent. He's able to communicate very well. He uses improvised weapons. He is far more agile, which to be fair, I don't know if that's, if that necessarily should count because it's obvious that in Pacific Rim, they were really trying to make the creatures like have a lot of weight to them and make them feel kind of tactile and, and grounded. And then in, rampage it is not nearly as concerned with actual physics in terms <laughs> right. of like how large creatures would move because like th- dude george is fast like there's a scene where he he's like dodging fire by sliding under a crane and shit and it's awesome and he's jumping around he can i don't know like he is super agile and super fast don't know if it should totally count well, in his favor but i feel like he is definitely faster smarter and probably stronger than otachi with the size of otachi i don't think so i don't think that he's stronger well i guess that's true i was thinking of them as if they're in the same weight class but george would be a lot smaller yeah george would be way smaller um but he's more kong sized he yeah he's he's more 2005 um, king kong sized yeah he's more he's more jackson kong sized um so even though pacific rim does have advanced weapons george survives otachi and all the other kaiju don't and like they don't even survive a single fight and i know part of that is just because movie of getting as many giant monster fights in as you possibly can but pacific rim otachi dies within 10 minutes Mm -hmm. george survives all kinds of things you Mm -hmm. know he survives a plane crash and is just just fine and he survives uh, fighting a giant flying wolf and a giant alligator warthog and kylosaurus mm-hmm. thing. So he's able to survive a lot. Yeah. And because he has healing powers, if he doesn't like, like he's not going to die by like bleeding out. He's not going to die by uh, like prolonged uh, damage from wounds. He's either yeah. going to die instantly or he's going to get better. So, yeah, as the, long as he's able to, like, stick around and stay alive. And George knows how to use weapons, which I hate that I'm bringing this up because that's one of the issues that I might have in the Godzilla versus Kong <laughs> is in the preview where it shows Kong using that giant axe. They 
obviously, so obviously, like frame for frame, probably just like lifted the hard drive that had the CG of George. They took (laughs) George with his giant spear, stabbing that through the eye of Lizzie. They so obviously just it looks exactly that. the same. Yeah. Well, and exactly I didn't even mention this. We we are accidentally completely on brand in that all of these movies, the King Kong movie or like the MonsterVerse movies, um, Pacific Rim and Rampage are all Warner Brothers movies. So they could technically oh, exist they? in the same universe. <laughs> I mean, they're all distributed by Warner Brothers. I don't know exactly how the rights work there. Um, the Pacific Rim is a legendary film, much like the MonsterVerse. Uh, Rampage is not legendary, so I don't know if that plays but into George it. But George himself Warner Brothers is legendary. Films. He is very. He is definitely legendary. I love that he's albino. That's such a smart design choice too, because it makes him stand out. Even though the albino al- gorillas aren't really a thing that ever really exists. I think there's maybe one that we know of. I mean, um, albinos of any. Uh, animal could exist. Uh, yeah, I, I love the backstory. It's super cool. The, uh, the backstory with The Rock and George doesn't matter in terms of why they would win, <laughs> but I'm more emotionally invested in George's backstory than I am in, mm. in Charlie Hunnam's. So, you know. <laughs> oh, 100%. He is far more compelling than Charlie Hunnam. And <laughs> yep. I feel bad because, listen, I, I want to reiterate <laughs> Charlie Hunnam is, is cool. I like him, but his character in that movie sucks. Um, yep. <laughs> but uh but yeah like he dude that's really that's that's one of the only scenes where i'm i'm i kind of am a little upset by how mean it is like you didn't really need to see them hacking at his mother on the ground the poacher yeah. hacking his mother like that's a bit far for me but it but does also it's because it's you... an animal and not a human i don't give a shit about humans being murdered well but. and but that's the thing is it also gives a reason for the rocks line of they shot at me and missed so I returned fire. Oh, that's and such didn't. a great line. Yeah. Like it, it, good, it feels line. so much more badass than it actually is. But it also is like, oh, you're not a ruthless killer. You are a savior to yeah. the, this creature who had just witnessed uh, a ruthless killing. Like there's something so cathartic in his line that wouldn't have been. I don't think that it would have had the same weight had mm. uh, had they not shown as much as they did. Um but, but yeah, true, you're yeah. emotionally invested in George because George has emotions and that makes him, I think, a better fighter. Yeah. The visual effects for him are so much better. To, I mean, well, I guess we already mentioned this, but like it's so, so easy to empathize with him because he feels real. I, I have such a problem with big budget movies where almost everything is totally VFX and like it's yeah. hard to care as much because it's obvious that everything on the screen is is digital and not real but but he is so good like he is an extraordinary creation it's very it's from the same it's from weta and they did all the uh or weta and they did all the uh stuff for like the rise of the planet of the apes series and all that stuff and it also very much feels like jackson's calling even in terms of like just some of the motions like when he's pounding the ground like it it feels like they probably actually did take some of the uh (laughs) the vfx Mm. from jackson's uh king kong and and recycled it and his friendship with the rock is so sweet and sincere like it is it is the relationship there is is so much feels so much more authentic than any of the <laughs> human interactions in pacific rim it's so good um so george is also fueled by anger and that makes him stronger and um, I, th- I think we've talked on some episodes i can't remember about how like anger 
might make you a stronger fighter, but then it distracts you and you get to see both with George. So you get to see when he is angry, just trying to destroy that giant bat signal thing. Like you get Mm -hmm. to see just his rage, but then after, and I did not know that eating women in red dresses is what gave you health (laughs) after he eats the lady in the red dress. Oh my God. That is such a brilliant, that's such a smart way that they did that where they put the, they put the serum thing in her purse and then make him eat her. I mean, it's, it's, I struggle with the logic of them knowing that he was going to eat her. (laughs) That doesn't make much sense, (laughs) but but it's really fun. It's, I don't care. The movie knows how dumb that is, especially knowing (laughs) the source material now. Um, and also to reiterate, this is a hard PG 13, they show her going into George's mouth. Yeah. Like it doesn't cut away. Like right. Nope. You see her flinged up and flung up into the air. Flinged. You see George open his mouth. You see her land in his mouth and you see his mouth close. It does yep. not cut away. It's like, oh, great. hey, there. That's hmm. Might have to wait a few more years before my kids watch this. <laughs> my oldest is I, only two. So obviously waiting several years, but still I do. Um, I want to bring up a few concerns that I have, though, with Otachi. Because Otachi, bring up your concerns, and then I will rebut them. Yeah, with let's do that. Because a, a, along with everything else you've said, I have one additional why George wins. Okay, so yes, so what are your Otachi, concerns? we're making it out to be Otachi, uh, like making out like Otachi is just what it, like uh, a uh, uh, pushover, but it's really not. Like I think it is the most formidable kaiju that that anyone faces in this movie. Um, it has a ranged my, attack. It has a ranged attack and that acid is pretty brutal. Like it's able to melt through the steel of a Jaeger. It melts down some office buildings. Um, this thing is able to pick up a Jaeger. So it's extreme. It's able to not only pick it up, but it's able to fly while holding a Jaeger, which that's kind oh, of, that's, that's right. A, it has wings. It has wings. That's a really cool thing. And it's, it is strategic and it is pretty smart for, I mean, it's, it's a much more instinctual kind of um, animal, much like Kong is, than than George would be, because it's um, it doesn't seem like it is completely strategic or whatever. But it is smart enough to recognize that, like, okay, I have had my tail frozen off, I've had my acid tongue thing ripped out of my body, I'm losing options, so I am going to basically hit the self-destruct button i'm going to reveal that i have wings i'm going to pick up this jaeger and i'm going to fly into outer space and drop it which right. is cool and then the movie does the mo- a really annoying deus ex machina thing where it's like <laughs> oh yeah by the way we have this sword that will kill it in one hit that don't, we could have used in the very beginning deus ex mechana because they're in a giant mechanical suit uh yeah i was gonna say deus ex otachina no deus ex mechana mechanic like, that works too though yeah um but anyway so like that's so annoying because it's like they can't uh, listen using an oil tanker as a bat is is awesome it's f- cool i'm glad i saw it it's cool that it gets knocked out of his hand and gets wedged between two buildings all that shit is really awesome uh even if it does occur in the rain where you can't really see what's going on too, too well uh but why didn't they just pull out that sword at the very beginning and cut it in half? Like, yep. it's so annoying. Why They could have just done that right in the beginning and saved the city of Hong Kong so much grief and heartache and money from having to clean up the mess that they made. So yeah, dumb. I, I don't understand <clears throat> at all 
why when they finally reveal, hey, we have a kaiju killing sword, it's like, then why haven't you been using that? At the like, if it, spoilers. <laughs> this is one of those things where <laughs> spoilers for Pacific Rim Uprising. Um, at major spoilers, but who cares? It's a big dumb action movie. Oh, that's fine. At one point, a Jaeger fights a uh, a drone Jaeger. And the drone Jaeger also has swords. So it makes sense because there's like an actual sword fight because yeah, it's like, oh, cool. we have a sword. So do I. Okay, cool. Yep. Makes sense. Honestly, then. good if, fight. If Pacific Rim had done the same thing that Rampage did and like if Charlie Hunnam had been like, why the f*** didn't you tell me this thing had a sword? That wasn't there before. Like if he had just <laughs> right? thrown a line out like that, it would have, it would have, it wouldn't bug me so much. But anyway, it's still cool. Whatever. Uh, so Otachi is smart enough to smart enough and strong enough to pick him up and carry him into space and drop him. It's got that uh, the acid tongue thing is super cool. It's like a flower, which is neat and it can you it uses it it's, in some kind it's of It's very much way. like the um uh oh you're talking about the tongue. Yeah, I thought you were talking about like how his face opened up kind of like the um Oh, like uh, Shin Godzilla? Sure. I was thinking more like Stranger Things with the little Oh, face the Demogorgon? Yeah. Yeah, it is similar. I kind of hate so, the aesthetically Here. basically every monster in modern movies looks like the cloverfield monster they all look so every single monster like whether it's this movie or a quiet place or stranger things like all these monsters look so similar it's really annoying anyway yeah we're gonna get some new monsters soon i'm sure i hope so here's the thing i have one very real reason why i still think despite everything that you've just said why i still think george is going to win and you have a then, trump card I have a very fun reason. So I'm going to start with the okay. very real reason. George used a spear, essentially a giant spear to stab through the eye of Lizzie. George yes. used, used the a, spear that stabbed he, him that he, he survived. He used a big, sharp, pointy metal object to kill his monster. Yes. Otachi was taken down with a big, sharp, pointy metal object. Yeah. So all you have very to true. do is oh, just also, give George a sword. Here's a, here's another good point. Otachi has horns that he, that George could very easily break off and start stabbing him with, and because that's a thing that he does in Rampage, <laughs> that is that also is, a thing he does. I, I know I keep saying this because I, I don't know how know how else to say it because it's just so that is fucking awesome. Like he ri- <laughs> he breaks the warthog uh, tusk off and just starts stabbing it over and over with it. It's so Rampage know, it's is so a fun. great movie. I I honest to God. Even though I need to be watching Godzilla versus or Godzilla against Mechagodzilla once we finish, because I still got a lot of Godzilla movies to watch, I might put Rampage back <clears> on <throat> as soon as we're done recording because yeah. it's that much fun. I don't care what the haters have to say; it is a fun movie. It's so fun. I wonder how George so, would hold up against that acid, though. I wonder how if that would affect him very much. Well, again, as long as it doesn't kill him instantly, he's got regenerative powers. That is true. It would take a lot so, to do that. Okay. For, anyway, for I'm me, sorry. the for Go me, on. the biggest concern is Otachi is so much bigger. I don't know how much bigger Otachi is compared to Lizzie, but it, it feels like Otachi is a much bigger monster. So it is 207 so, feet tall. Just one. That's of, it? It's 207 feet tall. That's well, okay, hold on a minute. This says here an inconsistency. An inconsistency. It says according to stats, Otachi is stated to be two hundred and seven feet tall, but in the movie it was shown to be taller than Crimson Typhoon, which is apparently two hundred and fifty feet tall. But anyway, it is 
somewhere between 200 and 300 feet tall. So while I'm explaining this, uh, see if you can find stats on how tall George is supposed to be. That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to do. Like, I, I feel like he's probably only like maybe pushing 60 feet. Oh, I, wouldn't, I was thinking like 30 or 40, maybe. That, that's but, why I said maybe pushing 60. Yeah, I'm going to look. Um, yeah, it, it, it might be. It might be closer to that 40 range. So he the size is difference. 40 to 55 feet tall, 9.06 tons. All right. So Itachi is four times as big. Uh, ooh, see, see if you can find on wherever you're looking. See if you can find how big Lizzie in Rampage was, because that could also give a comparison. Because Lizzie was, I, if George was 40 feet tall, Lizzie might have been 120 feet long? Question mark. That's so, so Itachi might not be quite as monstrous in comparison. Again, four times as big is still pretty big. It says but Lizzie is 60 feet. That can't be right. That's Maybe not right. I don't know. That can't that, be right. That doesn't seem right either. It seems a lot bigger. Yeah. So he, he literally rides on that crocodile's <clears throat> neck like a bull at one point, and he is yeah. much smaller than she is. Yes, I don't know. These, that, that, these stats, I feel like the people who make these movies just make this shit up. They're like, eh, I don't know. But they, I'm also well, they might just be saying how on, tall she is, like just from like foot oh, to from, head. For, that might be so, it, yeah. Not, oh, yeah, because uh, it says height instead of length. I wonder if yeah, I how long length. is she? All right, so. Yeah, go on. While you're saying that, uh, Otachi's size might be a concern, but mm, if they're not that drastically different maybe all of george's agility really could make that difference again especially since otachi was taken down with a sword and george took down lizzie with a spear still both sharp pointy metal things but all real reasons aside i have one more reason why george so 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 very obviously wins and and I, I want you. I want you to be ready for this. Are, are you? Are you? Are you done trying to look up Lizzie's I'm, length? I well, I'm trying to look it up, but but uh, but let's. I'm never ready for anything that you ever do, Nathan. So it, it's fine. Okay, Just throw it at me, George. And the Rock get in a Jaeger and take down Otachi <laughs> because George. Okay. Because they're definitely drift compatible. They are so drift compatible because they can communicate. (laughs) Oh my god! I love the idea of them standing next to each other in in a Jaeger because George is. First of all, the Rock is is enormous anyway as a human being, but George is still so much bigger. I love the fact that the tagline on the movie poster for Rampage is "Big meets bigger." Yeah. so good oh that that reminds me of another thing whenever he's signing that it's me uh what he's doing is he's putting the sign language for a rock so he's literally <laughs> saying I, I am the rock <laughs> love it uh, that's so uh awesome. yes so either george and the rock are so very obviously drift compatible that they get into a jaeger and just save the world or uh, because of the super intelligence and super strength and super regenerative powers that George has, he doesn't need a second pilot. He can pilot his own Jaeger because I totally think that he would. And Nathan, also, only two people have ever piloted their own Jaegers. By the, that's because they Jaeger hadn't by met George. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I am putting this fight in the Pacific Rim universe where giant 
George is in a giant gorilla Jaeger. And when he's done fighting Itachi, he flips her off just like he does <laughs> with the rock. Man, I really, I really want to see a crossover Pacific Rim and Rampage movie. I really want Pacific Rampage to become a movie. <laughs> and then of course well, you, the of course the porn parody is Pacific Rampage. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> there's no, gotta be the, there's the, gotta be already be a Pacific Rim porn parody out there. I'm not gonna the, look that up, but the Pacific the Pacific Rim porn parody is Pacific Rimage. <laughs> yeah. I mean that or Pacific Rim job, but that one <laughs> maybe is too obvious obvious. <laughs> or just Pacific just Pacific Rim. Pac- Pacific rimmed. Yes. <laughs> just add an E D at the end. <laughs> yep. There oh, it is. Oh god. Alright. <clears throat> so let's uh let's move away from any- from that rabbit hole. <laughs> it's not a rabbit soul. So, oh, any final thoughts on why? So that was nice <laughs> why? Yeah, you know, I, I did reach around to bring us back on topic. <laughs> more, like, uh, more like an alley-oop. <laughs> or an alley-oops. George and a Jaeger. <clears throat> yes, George that, and a that, Jaeger. That happens. Yes. I, I want to see that movie. Yep. Um, But you did mention you have another... No, no, like that was the oh, that fun was the reason. one. Oh, I got gotcha, you. The real reason, the real reason was, yeah, the real reason was the pointy object. The, the fun stick. reason was George and a Jaeger. Gotcha. Sorry, I was half paying attention while trying to figure out how long <laughs> Lizzie is. That's why I was like, dude, I need you to pay attention to this <laughs> <laughs> because it's so dumb uh, uh, and so <clears throat> exactly us. Man, Nathan, this. This went spectacularly. I need to be. I need to come into these episodes less prepared more often. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, uh, so yeah, that um, that's that. George won. We we are both in agreement. I'm surprised. I honestly thought you were going to go with Otachi. No, like totally did. Well, and it's funny too because you texted me before you even watched Rampage and said. I have an idea. Like after watch, I haven't watched Rampage yet, but I already know who's going to win. <laughs> no, no, so no. It was I, before I rewatched Pacific Rim. Like I had just finished Rampage. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I got you. I got you. I got it flipped. Yeah, I had just finished Rampage, and I hadn't rewatched Pacific Rim yet. But it was okay, like, okay, okay. Nope. You, you already I, knew. I know. Yeah, because I already knew uh, what happens in Pacific Rim, and and I knew that's how George was going to do it. He was going to be a big dumb gorilla and a Jaeger. Man. Except not dumb. A big smart gorilla in a Jaeger. Oh yeah, he's super smart. He might even be smarter well I was gonna say he might be smarter than Kong, but but it's it's they're probably comparable. George knows how to use sign language. George here's knows the thing, language. Though, we don't here, know whether or not Kong does. That is because obviously, he's never had a reason to. That is obvious. I was about to say that is the that is a very much a nature versus nurture situation where it's like George has been given more opportunities than King Kong has because he had someone who loved him instead of trying to take him and make him into an exhibition and then end up turning him into a monster and murdering him. This right here is such a compelling argument for why we should not treat these animals as monsters. Yeah, because George, I mean, he he had way more privileges than than King Kong did, and uh, he had someone who cultivated that that communication. He is exactly what King Kong could be if 
only King Kong could find someone to love him the way that he loves others. <laughs> On top of Empire State Buildings. Yes. Sure. Oh, <clears throat> sure. 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 All yeah. right. I I still... So despite the fact that George very clearly won uh, in, in both actual reasons and silly reasons uh i still think godzilla is is gonna win in in our godzilla versus kong episode just you know as as a teaser godzilla is still indestructible all of the other kaiju died within minutes godzilla has been going strong for almost 70 years he has um however king kong on the other hand has been going strong for um Almost ninety years now, so I mean, yeah. he's he's been around longer. Listen, without but King Kong, also, you would he have has no also Godzilla. Died. King Kong has also died in most of the movies that he has been in. Godzilla's died a lot too. He, maybe not most of the movies, but he might have even he's probably died more than King Kong has, just by virtue of the fact that he's been in more movies. Man, there, <laughs> there's there's one Godzilla movie. I'm not I don't have any one. actual facts to back this up. I could be totally wrong, but that's that's just a, that's a guess. I'll not say which Godzilla movie because I don't want it to be too big of a spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen the specific one, but there is a Godzilla movie where Godzilla is quote unquote dead. Like he is completely destroyed. And then end scene of the movie, you have his heart at the bottom of the ocean and it starts pumping. So I mean, yeah, you have Godzilla with literally one organ left not even the brain just his heart <laughs> just, the, just heart he's all heart man godzilla is all heart he's got my heart well and king kong lives on in my heart so sure. his heart his heart will go on within mine look godzilla is also way less rapey than uh king kong is so okay, it depends on it depends on which kong you're talking about now not <laughs> that's n- hashtag true. hashtag not all kongs okay <laughs> Man, I feel bad. I don't. I don't even want to invoke that because any man that says not all men, just shut the <laughs> up and sit down and and accept your place in life and accept uh, the, that yep. by doing that you are just minimizing the pain and suffering that women have to go through every day because of shitty men. Yep. Uh, anyway. Um. So yeah. Yeah. I I I still think. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. You you might be able to convince me otherwise during our um, Godzilla versus Kong episode. I'm nervous about this, Nathan. I, I really I, I really wanna I really want to put in a good show and uh I find that I am not always as uh creative and <laughs> uh and as spry as you are in the moment. Like I'm good at coming in with a lot of research. You're and also you're not good as at stubborn like, as I am. That's that's very true. That's very true. I'm too nice. <laughs> I've got to be ruthless in this. Yep. Yeah. I but just I'm I'm very excited. I think I've got some compelling arguments. I've written maybe I've maybe written a speech. Who knows? We'll see. I am going to try. I, I still don't know whether or not it's going to happen, but I'm going to try to get through all of the Godzilla movies because even though we are only specifically talking about MonsterVerse Godzilla versus MonsterVerse Kong. Like that—that's the matchup. That is the pairing that we yes. arrived at after our uh, our brackets to narrow down which one made it to the ring. There's probably also going to be some side conversations of yes, but 
if we take a step back and look at like all of Godzilla and all of Kong and like bring all of them together. So you have one amalgamated Kong and one amalgamated Godzilla. <laughs> uh-huh. Of course, we're going to well, have that's that not... conversation. Okay, we can, but that's also not fair. I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and uh, throw out a point of order and objection here. Because that's definitely not fair. <laughs> no, it is fair because there's not that many changes with Godzilla. Mm, well, I guess that's... Well, I mean, yeah, we did talk about how MonsterVerse basically already kind of is that monster. Right. So it, it really would just be like, okay, yes, but point of order, this movie very clearly shows that, again, Godzilla can survive if all that he is is just a heart. So, yeah. like... I think, too, like, e- with even like with the movie itself... It's Kong versus Godzilla, and it's very specifically these monsters, but this movie is carrying the weight of expectations of both of those franchises and like what you know about those monsters from their entire I, history. It's impossible not to have that baggage exactly. there in some way. And I still do not think that it's going to be actual Godzilla versus Kong. I, I, I still either. think it's like either some fleshy mech suit or... Or it's uh, I like think Godzilla it's, under the control of re- reanimated King Ghidorah, or it's going to be like Kong going crazy with some sort of bat signal at the top of a building in Chicago. <laughs> the top of, at the top of the Empire State Building. Well, okay, fine. Sears Tower. Cause, yeah, because of, you know, Rampage. Uh, oh, that, that was the other thing. George survived a fall from the top of a skyscraper <laughs> and you just kind of shook it off. Just like, yep, I'm good. Let's he do it. He survived a plane crash. He, he survived. Yeah, no, he, yeah, yeah. I he meant to mention that, that earlier too. He, he has survived all the things. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, I, I still do not think that the clips that we have seen in the Godzilla versus Kong trailer, I have such a hard time accepting that the Godzilla that we see go up against Kong is actually like the gods, the Godzilla of the last two movies that they've been spending the last two movies trying to like hammer home the point. Godzilla isn't a bad guy. He's a force of nature, but he's a force of good in nature, much like Kong. They are guardians. I I just, I I'm with you. Like, honestly, I think that at the end of the day, we're both going to end up being right because I think what's probably going to happen is that the Godzilla that Kong is facing off against is probably Mecha Godzilla, um, and he's probably going to defeat Mecha Godzilla in some way. Um, oh, I have no question about that. My guess is that what's going to happen is they're going to fight the first time, and Kong is going to lose because there there are scenes where you see him fighting Godzilla without the axe, and then later on he has the axe. So my guess is Kong is probably going to you know, kind of like in the original film, he's going to go up against Godzilla. He's going to see he's outmatched. He's going to retreat, recuperate, regroup, make himself a weapon with the, uh, the, the ax that he has very clearly looks like it is made out of one of Godzilla's scales. I so I Godzilla think he's just like, here, bro, take one of these. <laughs> the real Godzilla, like ha- yes. comes up to him and they, they become best friends and high five and Godzilla just like rips it off of his back, rips his Dude, own scale off and they, hands it to there him. There better be he's a like, training montage where the two oh of them God. are like running up uh, Mount Fuji and <laughs> like Kong is giving Godzilla a tattoo. They're playing Go to Fly and now. Just and then, <laughs> <laughs> Kong is up on top of Mount Fuji, just like jumping up and down and lifting his arms and oh man yeah there better be a montage in this movie 
Please, I, I really, please have like just some shitty early '90s action montage. I it'll be it. like in in Gremlins two when Gizmo is training and becoming Rambo, so he can fight back against the Gremlins. <laughs> oh God, I watched Gremlins two recently, and and that movie is is perfection. It is so incredible. Uh, sorry, but um, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's funny. I hate how often in these versus movies they end up become they're a draw because you know you don't want to alienate one side of the fan base or whatever. But I don't think I've ever wanted that to happen more in one of these movies. Like, I kind of want it to be a draw. I don't want one of them to kill the other one. But at the I'm, same time, I do because I want it to be subversive. I, I, I like. I hate that nobody ever wins. But at the same time, it's like I love both of these characters too much. That's the thing is like I'm fine if they have a clear winner. Um, If it is actually them fighting, then... I don't want one of them to lose, but at the same time, I do kind of want there to be a winner. I have a I'm harder sure time. I'm, I think they've contrived a way to to say yes, someone won, but also yeah, Mecha well, Godzilla. Like, here, here's the thing. Know. Also, Ma- Martha. <laughs> don't you There's mean Mothra? The, all of these are gonna. Yeah, it's a it's a Mothra. Why did you say that name? A so, Mothra moment. Here, here's one of my issues with, uh, and obviously we've not seen Godzilla vs. Kong yet. You will have to wait until the movie actually comes out and we've watched it and reviewed it to get uh, our take on what actually happens. But um, uh, here's one of my issues with how they've set things up through the Godzilla and King of the Monsters and Skull Island. They have kind of interchangeably described both Godzilla and Kong as guardians and as apex predators. Yeah. And that's where I think that there can be kind of an issue is, all right, which one is it? Because if they're apex predators, why was Godzilla protecting people? You know, like mm-hmm. it, it, an apex predator yes, is going to kill a rival. Chain, well, like, yeah, it's going to yeah. kill a rival. But it's also going to kill not a rival if it is a source of food. So, like, if Godzilla was the apex predator, yes, it's going well, to take down King Ghidorah nature... because it's challenging his uh, his place. But also, so, like, in, in Godzilla, after, uh, after Godzilla defeats the Muto, it would have eaten some people just to get some energy back before it went back into the ocean. You know, like, it, it's not very predatory to get into a fight not eat anything from what you just killed and then also not eat any of the easy prey before just skulking back off to Atlantis. I, I don't know though, because I think it's, I mean, there definitely, there's definitely evidence of um, apex predators in nature that they don't always kill anything around them. You know, you know what I mean? Like I'm trying to think of like, Oh, uh, sure. Like when predators are full, they're not going to kill just for the well, sake of killing. Right. But I mean, However, like they, I think that Godzilla is smart enough to recognize that humans are an asset to him and that that is a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. There, but what I'm he's saying not going is, to murder them just because he's hungry. No, I don't think that, uh, I don't think Kong would, but like with Godzilla, I think that I, I don't know. So like, that's why I kind of have kind of a hard time with, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see where it goes. Anywho, <clears throat> if you're just now joining us, <laughs> uh, we're in the third episode of our King of the Marchers. And next is going to be our final episode in the series where we crown the King of the Marchers. 
it's going to be Godzilla or George. And <laughs> I, I actually have a have a third option that I think could win. Um, but I'll I will reveal that. Mm, and mm, interesting. I <laughs> I, I it is, too it's have, definitely in the uh, sillier vein. But uh, dude, I too have a third option that is so far into the silly vein that. Um, what if yep. we have the same third option? We don't. Okay. I'm I All am right. positive that we don't. Okay. Because because all right so <clears throat> next episode is going to be our final episode in the king of the marchsters where we finally crown the king of the marchsters uh we are also i hope soon going to get a shutter episode in where we uh review a film that's on shutter either something that has been on there for a while that we've just not had a chance to uh, talk about and and watch together uh not like together together because still pandemic but you know watch and then discuss together or we're going to watch something that has been very recently released or potentially even something that is about to be released on there. Not entirely mm. sure. Uh, some of it depends on if we're actually able to get scheduling worked out. Um, but we're going to do that soon. It might not be next. It might not be the next two or three. But there's a lot of shutter announcements. And, and I really want us to talk about some of them. But we talk so much about so many other things that oh, yeah. I don't want to just shoehorn it into an episode to where it gets lost. I, I want yeah. to do a, a, a shutter specific episode. And then, then we're going to get into April. And who boy, howdy. I, <laughs> I am so excited for this upcoming series that I just don't have words. We don't have a stupid name picked out yet. <laughs> But. Oh, it's coming! I, I'm honestly surprised you don't have one yet. <laughs> I feel like usually with these with these uh, these series, you c- you come up with the name first and then craft oh, a theme around it. But this one is a little different. <laughs> absolutely, like we are eventually going to uh, at, at some point do the zombier, where we spend the entire month of December talking about zombie movies. Because the of worst, we are. That, is, that is the worst pun ever. It doesn't no, even make any not. sense. It's so d- it doesn't. No, okay. anyway. d- December. The zombier, the zom. Uh, all right, it's the zombier. It's, it's dumb as what. Which it is. one is the zombier? <laughs> They're all the zombier. <clears throat> Anywho, we, we should, it needs to be progressive where we start off with one that's only sort of zombie, and then the later movies get zombier <laughs> and zombier. So we're we going go from on the to the zombie to zombier mo- to the zombiest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and now that is definitely going to happen. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> so oh, man we're going to take a drastic change from what we've done with so many of our episodes and our theme for april is going to be easter very specifically yes. we're going to be discussing the history and some of the iconography of uh of easter so we're going to talk about some of its historical roots in uh pagan fertility festivals and we're going mm-hmm. to talk about uh you know the uh, christ's resurrection and we are going to talk about mm-hmm. some of the modern commercialization and you know things like easter baskets and uh, and, and even the easter bunny however because we are us there's a twist we, there's <laughs> There is a twist that would give M. Night Shyamalan two boners. 
We don't know the exact order of the episodes, but when discussing the history of Easter and its roots in pagan fertility festivals, we're going to watch Shivers. And when we discuss the resurrection of Christ, we are going to be discussing Dead and Buried. When (laughs) we discuss the Easter Bunny, we're going to be discussing Watership Down. And when we discuss Easter Baskets, I certainly hope that at least one of you listening has uh, guessed what we're going to discuss for Easter Baskets. We're going to talk about Basket Case. Of course we are. So... Oh, man. So we are devoting an entire month to Easter by watching it and discussing the films Shivers, Dead and Buried, Watership Down, and Basket Case. Again, not necessarily in that order, but uh, but yeah, that's our theme for April. It's going to be very fun. I've I've actually only seen one of these movies so far, too, so I'm definitely looking (laughs) forward to checking some of these out for the first time. I have seen um, none of them question mark is that right i thought you'd seen basket case before no like i i know enough about all of them to know yep these will work uh no i i have actually not seen any of these movies which only adds to my excitement (laughs) there's a part of me that thinks that we should have done the passion of the christ because it's clearly a horror movie just like not even treat it as a movie about jesus it is just an exploit an independent exploitation film for well from a very controversial figure. True. That movie's fascinating. I don't think it's very good, honestly, but it's fascinating. Yeah, anyway. it's, uh, it's, it's certainly something. But Passion, uh, Passion of the Christ was too on the nose because it is it literally is, yes. about Christ's resurrection. It makes more sense for us to discuss Gary Sherman's uh, Dead and Buried, which I, I'm super excited about that That's one. That's the one That's, I have seen. Dead and Buried is, is a hoot. That might be the one that I'm most excited about, too. Yeah, it's good stuff. It, yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you're listening to this podcast and if you've been watching the Godzilla movies with your kids, like Eric has been as we've been going through the series, um, maybe don't follow along with the movies that we're going to review in <laughs> April with your kids. I feel like all of those would be bad decisions, especially yeah. Watership Down. I mean, Man, the other ones funny. are like obviously bad decisions because yeah, yeah. they're obviously bad decisions. But it's like, oh, here's a cartoon about small woodland creatures that get viciously slain. Just blood everywhere. I've, I've never seen this, but I've been so fascinated because I remember as a kid, my dad, I don't remember how we got on this conversation, but my dad te- like just describing the movie Watership Down to me and how when he was a kid, he went to see it at the movie theater thinking it was like a cute little cartoon about rabbits and how it traumatized him. Mm-hmm. And I remember he, he told me about this when I was in like third or fourth grade. And I remember just thinking like, oh my God, I will never watch that movie. That sounds horrifying. And I've been so and now fascinated you're watch to that see movie. it. I've been, I've been really wanting to watch it for a while, but I just haven't gotten around to it. It's uh, I can't wait. Well, when we do get to that movie, um, I'll be able to provide at least a little bit of commentary on whether or not the death screams of rabbits uh, ring true. Because not too long ago, a pack of feral cats killed a rabbit in my backyard, Dear and God. its shriek was horrifying. Oh, wow. Not not as bad as the shriek of a pig dying, because that's just, oh, that's that's blood curdling. Yeah, that's awful. 
but yeah, rabbits, which I always thought that rabbits were just kind of quiet. I, I assume that they could make noise, but I've never heard a rabbit make noise until a few weeks ago and then I was like dear god what is that noise I opened the door and it's just like oh 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 now I'm sad <clears throat> it was rough <laughs> anywho Poor mm, we should probably we should probably end things alright <clears throat> that's been it for this episode of Video Marchers wait no that's not what I say we didn't say where to find us Eric where do you want people to find you Oh, um, I am uh, on Twitter, and I am at the Chimerican, which is T H E C H I M E R I C A N. Um, and I'm also on Instagram. I'm just trying to draw this out as long as possible because you're sitting over here laughing and making fun of me. Okay, on, I'm on Instagram at Chimerican Reviews and on Letterbox at Eric J A Y. And you can follow me slash the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Video Monster Pod. And you can also follow me personally on Letterboxd at The Gargoyle. That's G-A-R-G-Y-L-E because it's a gargoyle wearing an Argyle sweater. Because of course it is. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> uh, and if you enjoyed this episode and want to keep coming back as we finish up our King of the Marchers episode or series... And if you want to come back during April as we discuss Easter in the least possible relevant ways, uh, then just do a search for wherever you get your pod. Just do a search for Video Monsters. I'm getting tired and my coffee is running out. I apologize. <clears throat> do a search wherever you get your podcasts for Video Monsters. And like, subscribe, keep coming back, and revel in our sithiness as we revel in our love of movies. All right, that's been it for this episode of Video Marchsters. I'm Nathan. And I'm Eric. And remember, kids. You're, you're like slowly working into, into a rookie. <laughs> trying really hard not to say anything else so that way we could just end on you making those noises I'm muting my mic bye